0: This is a courier talking football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton, gentlemen. Saint John's are in the top six, and um, I think if we if we rewind a few podcasts back to the very start, Jim, I think we kind of, I think we thought they had a very good chance of doing it when we looked at the squads of and the sort of stability that, that Saints had you know, with with Callum Davidson inheriting from Tommy Wright, but the way things went in the first few months, it was looking tougher and tougher. And then it was looking as if it was a very, very big ask. But they got there in the end. Did the right team make it?
1: Well, yes. I mean, the right team always makes it, I think, Eric. And, you know, I'm I'm a great believer in that old um, adage, the league table never lies. I mean, it was very late. It was very late. I was, you know, I was sitting at Tannadice watching uh, United Aberdeen, um, and and thinking at the time when I heard the results coming in, you know, between the St. Martin game and St. John's game, thinking that it would be St. Martin that did it. But you know, like first and foremost, I'm sure, from all, from all three of us, you know. Um, you want to see a really well done to Callum Davidson uh, and Saints. It's a fantastic achievement. Look, I mean, the, the whole. T- I mean, there's an artificiality. I always think as a reporter about the whole top six thing. It's kind of, you know, I mean, it's 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 become a kind of byword: top six, bottom six, but. The bottom line is for, you know, for money, for prestige, you know, the rest. That I was going to say,
0: try telling that to Jim Good. Try telling that to Jim yeah. Goodwin. Jim, he looked absolutely, absolutely. distraught. No. And Tony Fitzpatrick, for that yeah. matter. No,
1: no, no, I mean, I I, 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 I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, it's a kind of just get you, you'd, you'd much rather be kind of going for first or, or second yes. place. I mean, you know, fifth or sixth. But there's money in it. There's prestige in it. There's a European there's, place Yeah, country, exactly. You know, one depending.
0: One, on, one team can go for it. The others are, are, are just got well. United and someone have got nothing left to play yeah, for. Yeah,
1: but. I think the key thing, Eric, is if you go right back, if you rewind right back to the start and you think how it looked for Callum at the start. Now, I think we were, you know, we were all, without blowing smoke out of our own backsides, I think we were all pretty sure and we've consistently taken the view that he would turn things around. As we did with Tommy Wright previously, mm-hmm. when Tommy went through a bad patch. And it, he's done it magnificently. I, I, and not only has he done it magnificently, he's done it with Saints playing actually some really good football. I know that you know good football is it's in the eye of the beholder, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, like everybody else. But I, I've I've enjoyed uh, the three sides when I've been at Dens or Tannadice, or, or McDermott this season. The side I've enjoyed watching most are Saints. I think they play a better quality of football. They play nice, attractive football. They knock it about well. Nice giving goes, and there's a sense of kind of purpose and organisation. I think about them. So it's really it's it's been terrific. Uh, to see them, uh, you know, uh, landing the sixth spot, I suppose the next key question, I'm sure they put this one to Sean, is, uh, uh, is how much further can they go? You know, they're, they're obviously not going to catch Aberdeen, I suspect, but Livingston have got to be in their, in their sights, mm-hmm. you know, so it could end up with that fifth spot. It's, it's, it's been a great season, a terrific season um, for them between the cup win and, uh, you know, landing the sixth spot, albeit late on, it's been fabulous for them.
0: Yeah, well we'll come to that in a bit. Sean, you were you were at the, the game as as was as was I. In terms of the actual game, they, they very much deserved it. I thought it was I thought it was a very good performance actually and they, they it wasn't like one of those where they were missing really good chances, but they had utter control of the game. One chance for Ross County, that was it. But it was, you know, it was I think it was wasn't the first time that there was a real impact from the bench but you know it was the it was the two substitutes that that turned it, wasn't it and Glenn Middleton has has done exactly what you would want from a, a lone player coming in all right he's probably not started quite as much as uh as he would have wanted but when he does come on he makes an impact and, and, and he made an impact on Saturday didn't he
2: yeah he did he did um and and he, and he hinted at it beforehand he, he did miss a good chance didn't
0: he oh a um, very good before chance. that the pace on him though yeah. eh? dearie me yeah absolutely that's that's what you hoped
2: for when he came in and and, and yeah he showed it there should have should have, have, should have gone round the goal, goalie shouldn't he? should have absolutely had all the time in the world really didn't he? he just uh don't know whether he panicked or, or or what but it ended up miles miles wide yeah as well um was that stevie may through ball as well it was yeah one? yeah so, the, so i mean that's that's twice uh, and it happens again for the goal. I think Liam Craig finds Stevie mm-hmm. in the channel there, and he's just cut it back. Obviously, had a shout from inside, and he cuts it back without looking. And there's Middleton, lovely, defender, lovely roll, wasn't high.
0: lovely roll, yeah. spinning his defender, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, and then just lashes it in.
2: And I mean, you could you, obviously you hear everything when you're at games from the players, but the reaction from the players told you everything about what it meant to them because it was one of those games that they absolutely dominated from the start, really. Um, there was a little sort of 15 minute spell, maybe um, after John Hughes changed it and brought on um, Vigors and somebody else who I can't remember, but he brought two on in the second half and mm-hmm. that gave him a bit of t- 10 minutes. With they weren't in control, but they sort of, they yeah, yeah, a couple of corners a little that, yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. For 10, 15 minutes, but I mean, yeah, it, it since got it back under control and again I'll go back to the start of the season where they weren't getting their rewards for these performances and and what a frustration it was that was the main topic because you could see what they were all about as a side you could see what they were trying to do they were largely doing it pretty effectively until they got to the final third but they weren't getting those rewards And, and that game on Saturday there that had everything that they had at the start of the season in terms of control and possession and controlling the flow of a game, but it had that sort of doggedness about it as well that you would associate with St Johnston teams, not of old, but of the last yeah. decade, mm-hmm. um, who have done so. Oh, well.
0: listen, there's no, there's no doubt. In the last few months, they've been defending. they between the, they've been tw- between the posts they've been defending their box so much better and that has been absolutely crucial. You know, you, I mean, against Ross County, the last time before that, up in Dingwall, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was yet another one of those goals where they don't react quickly enough to a, a second ball and it's always, you know, the opposition are the quickest and mm-hmm. it's, it, that doesn't seem to ha- that doesn't happen anymore. No. You know, they, they, they get the right positions, they're, they're smelling danger far better positionally. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I'm struggling to think of the last time they lost one of those goals where you think, oh, how's he got mm. freed in the box, and why? Why isn't a defender closing yeah. that down, or why are two two centre halves marking one man? That sort of mm. thing. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Oh, it will it'll happen occasionally, but it's nothing like with the re- the regularity mm. of before, and which gives them the chance to. You know, it's just it's it's it means in games like that they they can be patient and they can keep. Probing away and 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 having guys off who can come off the bench and change it. Stevie May and Glenn Middleton both did that. So no, I mean, and they've got all they've got all the momentum you could possibly want going into this, into these last five games. There's no pressure on them. They've got they've got a cup in the in the in the trophy room. They're top six. They can have a go at the Scottish Cup. They can have a go at. A, Reeland and Livingston who do have pressure on them now because they need this fifth place to make their season an achievement don't they because because they mm-hmm. didn't win the cup final so it's the, they've got Livingston in the last game which I think I don't know if might have chosen to get get them early I don't know just to to, to close the gap in one go maybe maybe he's quite happy with to, to leave it to the last game uh certainly be a cracker if it if it goes down to there but but jim Do you give them a good chance of of catching Livingston's four points? I must admit, I do. I
1: I, I think I do, Eric. I mean, I've been kind of, you know, it's always guessology in football, if you want. You know, I mean, it's, you know, the the Rangers have won the league. I mean, you know, they've got to play Rangers and Celtic. Well, they start against Aberdeen. From what I saw of Aberdeen on Saturday, Saints eminently, eminently are capable of beating them. And I think Saints have kind of, you know, over the piece over the season, um, we've seen them now moulded into a unit that kind of, a, play attractive football, B, absolutely are well-drilled and well-coached and well-schooled and know what they're doing and have patience. They've, they've grown. I mean, I think they, they've really, really matured into a really, really good unit and a unit that have got a ter- terrific togetherness, a terrific spirit about them. And a kind of, I I think a real sense of belief, you can overdo that sometimes, but I think there's a real growing sense of belief. So I think they can absolutely beat Aberdeen the weekend now. Well, everyone in the top six obviously has got to play Rangers and Celtic. But Rangers have won the league, I and mean, you know, you know, the weekend game between the old firms a dead rubber. You know, I mean, it was kind of, it was neither here nor there. Celtic are um, are second. You know, neither of those two have much to play for now. I mean, you know, I know this the stuff about other professional players and all the rest of it, but a fair chunk of the edges off that when Saints have got to play them also when others have got to play them. But so two games that you might think, well it'll be hard to get anything from those, all of a sudden there's a chance of getting something um from those and a decent chance of getting something from those. Now they're only, you know, if they beat Livingston that last game of the season, um only four points between them. If they've, if they've narrowed that gap until then, that game becomes absolutely, absolutely crucial. Uh, so I think yes, there's a there's a, there's a great chance. In fact, I'm kind of I'm just wondering if there's room on that St. Johnson playing for a courier. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Listen, it's, no, I it's mean, no. I think I think a terrific
0: chance. I, you know? Yeah, I mean, I didn't like. I tweeted that uh, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to be to be googling uh, Europa Conference <laughs> League starting dates. You know a few weeks ago or a, certainly a few months ago but there you go July 22nd by the way in case yeah, well I mean, listen I, well. I, I, if, I'm, if,
1: I'm sure I'm sure that if I've got to go just as an ordinary punter, I'm sure that Sherman <laughs> Stevie Bruno will give me a discount you know oh, I'm sure you'll, you'll <laughs> I gave him a lift home after one of the yet. European away trips the last time you know so the fear for that was you gave him a
0: lift home uh, for uh, Europe no, sure <laughs> you, I mean, you didn't, no, I mean, you didn't no, drive no,
1: it? <laughs> just from just from McDermott when we got the missed but the cost of that was about five grand and he's never paid you know no, I mean I think that they've got a great chance. You know, <laughs>
0: eight out of ten top sixes. I mean, there's been a lot of stats that have come out after the cup win. You know, like basically since being the third most successful team in the country, and now they're the 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 second most successful in terms of top six mm-hmm. finishes in the last decade. If that's not a, a generation worth of uh, of achievement, I don't know what it is. It's an incredible stat, isn't it? it? Whether whether you whether you think the top six means anything or not. There are eight very good league finishes, and the one, the one, the other two weren't. Mm -hmm. wasn't as if they were
1: miles away. Eleventh
0: and tenth
2: either. No, no. Uh, I mean, it's interesting all this. uh, The the top six backlash happens every year. No, this is stupid. for for the For the sides that don't quite sneak into the top six, seem, seem to discover how pointless it is pretty quickly after they after they fail. Uh, but there you go. That's my two pence worth. <laughs> I mean that that is the reality of it. There is a split. There is a top six. There is a bottom six. So I, I don't think there's there's anything wrong with with looking for that as as something to strive oh, it's there. for. It's a if marker, a isn't like it? It's is a marker. Then of course it yeah. is. If you're a club like Simon, if you're a club like Dundee United, right? there's a reason that it's been talked about. Um, and since since the start of the season for some of them uh, some, and actually all of them because Tony Fitzpatrick was giving it uh, the big one as well wasn't he?
0: Jim Goodwin looked <laughs> abso- he, absolutely do. gutted and he's played yeah. you know they were talking about it as almost like you know something that's going to haunt them I think I don't know if he, ex- if he actually used the word haunt them but you know it was that sort of vibe wasn't it you know mm. and, and certainly from their fans on Twitter and and all the rest of it. So mm-hmm. no, it's if you you can you can th- you can think it's a wee bit manufactured, but the, the actual importance of it to to footballers and football clubs is is the, is there for all see. It's undeniable.
2: Absolutely. And and as you say quite rightly, eight eight top six finishes in the last ten seasons, and chuck t- t- chuck two trophies on top of that. And that, I mean, for I grew up supporting St Johnston, and and that's remarkable. It's a, it's absolutely remarkable. Never ever thought that you would get that level of consistency from from St. Johnstone. All right, they would have their moments, and they always did, but it was it was maintaining it that was the that was difficult. But I mean, they've done it for such four, a long with time four
0: with four with four managers, Sean. Well,
2: that's the thing. Like the the manager managerial appointments, you go back to Owen Coyle, really, which was two thousand and five, and you'll you can say that that every decision they've made pretty much since then has been spot on. Mm. And you could include Steve Lomas in that because he only had one season. But well, what did we finish that season? Was it fourth? No, he had he had he had two, yeah. didn't
0: he? He had two. He, well, he, he got he? anyway. He got he got third. He's he's got the highest finish of the right, lot. Well, there you go, third.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Y- um, you know what? I I, I would. Well, say he had this one and a, he had one full one, one half. Sean. Half. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, and a yeah. half. Yeah. I, I kind of would say this as the codger on the uh, on the podcast, but I mean It, it, it is important to bring um, historical context to 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 football. And Sean's absolutely right there. When he talks about you know the the um the level of consistency and who would have thought at one time i mean you know i kind of go further back i mean I, i can vividly remember before jeff brown um you know rescued uh, Saints and, and the move up to McDermott Park and all the rest of it and, and uh, you know Eric you probably will as well, well you know. Murton was a yeah, but, was a but,
0: crumbling but, wreck of a, yeah. of a ground it wasn't, <laughs> the,
1: the, the crumbled dome and I, I, I loved the old as charming mure, as, mure. as it
0: was yeah it was, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, was a, a it was a stake great
1: as a boy going up to see United when you know my, my kind of not mucker but you know myself and Mr Cosgrove scrapping outside it, yeah. bars at school. I know we we were actually quite badly even in these days because of mates I made at school you know but Saints I mean you know, uh, towards the end, Saints were getting less than a thousand at Mcdermott. Uh, uh, sorry, at the old Muirton, the place was crumbling. The club was the club was going nowhere. I mean, so it has been an absolute. And I know that a period of that was in, you know, outside the top league and all the rest. That um, there have been periods, and at no time did Jeff have panic and throw ridiculous money at it as some clubs have done. Um, you know, there was a sensible, there was a captain sensible approach always to Saints. You know, that, that, that what would be would be, but there was a kind of real a business head brought to it, you know, they worked hard. One of the things that's always bugged me, I have to say, is is the notion that St Johnson don't get support. Pro rata, I've always argued Pro Rata St Johnson are as well supported as anybody else. You know, Perth's a town of what, for a city of 45,000 people. I know that it stretches thinking Ross now, but you can make that argument with Dundee. People follow Dundee or United from Angus and Northeast Five. And all over. So you know, so the truth of the matter is Saints are every bit as well supported as any other club in Scottish football. Um Uh, And and what we've had is an absolutely remarkable period and it's culminating now. And and the thing is, you know, the the clubs put down roots as well. This decade of dominance is Tayside's top side, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, top club will not necessarily easily be overturned. You know, I mean, once you start to do that, you gain a reputation as a club that players want to come to. So even if you lose, and I know that Callum's saying today, you know, look, People will be interested. Of course, they will be interested. People are interested in successful players and good players, and Saints have those in abundance. So people will be interested. But he's got, you know, he's a smart manager. They've got good contacts in the game. He can replace like with like if he loses people. But now you've got a club that are consistently in the top, uh, the top six, um, and a club that players elsewhere will want to. Well, join. I was
0: going to say, I was going to say, Jim, just before we finish with Saints, and I'll stick with you just now and give is say, but stick with you as our, as our, as our. Oldest, the you know, the, the, is the one who could put it in historical <laughs> perspective, the best. So, do, do St Johnston, do you St Johnston fans, do us who speak about St Johnston, do we have to change the way we think? Because we, you would say, and I can remember speaking to, like, so my grandpa that would, you know, would would watch. He was a Dunfermline fan, and he would, he he, you know. He, he had a bit of a soft spot for Saints mm-hmm. as well, but, you know, he had a good perspective of the clubs and even, you know, St. John's basically one of these yo-yo clubs. he would speak about, you know, you you would probably put a Falkirk, you'd probably put Don Fellman, who, who some would say had even got a, a, an even weightier history than, than Saints up until this last decade or so. St. Mearn's, Hamilton's, you know, go through them. They, they always used to get called yo-yo clubs, didn't they? Yeah. And just basically know your place. You can, you, you know, you'd be up for three years, down for a couple. This is what happens. Do we have to look on St. Johnson a different way now because of the way this era has changed them?
1: Well, I I I, th- I think we do. Um, <coughs> the, the one rider I would add is that you know the manager. The manager is a hugely important figure at any football club. He is he, he is the most important figure probably at any football club, barring one, <clears throat> and that is the chairman. And you know, at, at the risk of blowing smoke, Jeff Brown has been a fantastic chairman, an absolutely fantastic chairman at St. Johnson. And Stevie, his son who took over, has done no too badly either. You know, <laughs> I mean, within that within that family, um, there has been a sense of stability. There's been a sense of consistency <clears throat> and there's been a sense of ambition, Without kind of confusing cautious you know, ambition is uh, ambition, probably a good I, I, phrase for yeah, it. Yeah, cautious, that's right. You know, the, without confusing ambition with madness, which has overtaken some clubs in the past, and you know, it's overtaken the two Dundee clubs. Yeah. In or the pragmatic past. ambition might even be better. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, so I suppose that the key thing is, you know, what's the next in terms of succession? Is Stevie going to hang about for a while uh, and he can still tap into the old man's um, expertise, which I'm pretty sure he will do. And he's got a good board of directors around about him at St. Johnson who are, who are experienced, who know know the game, know the script, you know, who can maintain a balance, a sense of equilibrium. So realistically... I think we are looking at a different mentality now. When you look at the bottom six, are St Johnson as big as Dundee United? Well, what do you mean? You know, uh, they're probably a much more stable club financially. Um, do they have as big a support? No, but they're not outgunned by five to one or four to one. You know, United have probably got twice, maybe arguably two and a half times, mm-hmm. if they were going really, really well, the support of the Saints. But it's not kind of it's not the kind of stuff that would blow you out of the water. Are they as big as Motherwell? No not quite as as much at the gates, but not not by much. They're bigger than Ross County. Kilmarley are probably bigger support-wise, but we're talking. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're not talking in huge terms here. So realistically, um, <clears throat> Saints are in that top six. Well, look, if Livingston can do it, and that might be a one-season wonder, it might not, we, we don't know. It all depends on ambition of the club, but mainly on the stability and the quality of people you've got in the boardroom and running the club. And Saints have had the good, the great good fortune to have... Um, a terrific chairman, and, and we Bruins do not bad either. You know, I've got to say. So, I mean, I, I think yes, we do probably have to look. And if that if that situation maintains at St. John'son, there is no good reason why they cannot continue in this vein as one of the top six clubs in Scottish football.
0: So basically, long live the Browns, Sean. Don't
1: <laughs>
0: just don't, build a don't house s- as well. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't don't sell the club, and Saints are going to be absolutely fine. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no evidence to, to suggest anything to the contrary. I mean, it wasn't... I'm sure, you, you'll maybe, maybe be able to remember this more clearly than I can. And, but I'm sure, we, did Steve Brown not too long ago, he would say we'd never, he would never want his sons to get involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he said, said something, something those like lies that. Yeah, <clears throat> he did yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, I suppose that begs the question of what happens next. But, you know, I think at the, at the moment with the way things are going... Saints, we just sit tight, don't you? Let it roll. Because uh, there's, there's, it's been fantastic, as Jim has said, for a number of years now. Um, and all right, the, there are <laughs> there are the old hardy perennial issues that crop up when it's contract time and are we going to manage to get the players we want tied up? But largely, I mean, bar, bar one or two who have gone... Um, in recent years, and actually, you look at the ones who have gone in recent years that managers maybe wanted to keep, and you think, well, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea letting them go no, after none,
0: all. None of them have been. I mean, we exactly. could go. That's a podcast in itself. You know, the ones that have left, mm-hmm. St. Johnson, and, and and failed to hit the, failed to find the grass greener. Basically, yeah. No, yeah. you're right, Sean. I mean, so, you you know. You, People were all. Everybody was talking about Saint Murn, obviously because they were the ones. They were the ones that did a Saint Murn on the last day and and absolutely blew it. It wasn't a free kick in my eyes, but it was awful, awful defending. And let's face it, it was in their control. All they needed to do. All I say. All you know. Hamilton aren't, aren't a terrible team by any stretch, but you know they needed to beat Hamilton. They were in front. Mm-hmm. They bottled it really, it. and it. Yeah, so the Saints were the one that capitalized. But you know. We'll have to look at, United. should United be feeling as if they let the chance go? Because um, I don't have the stats for it. But it felt to me as if United were probably in the in the top six, occupied top six place for longer. Well, they certainly did than St. Johnson, mm-hmm. probably than St. Martin as well. And they came with a good run at the end, but it was that eight. I think it was no wins in eight, which really yeah, did so for them, the, wasn't it, End of, end of December
2: the, at the start of February. Yeah.
0: They've found they've found their form again. Is it one one defeat in six? Uh-huh. They ended up two points short, but yeah, no wins in eight was the bit that was the bit that did for them. Yeah. Should should they have feelings of regret at Tanner mm. Rice, that that they should
2: have been the ones that got six? Any, any feelings of regret for me will be, should be tempered by the fact that they're, they're, they'll be all right. And as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's a shootout between them and and St or it should be for seventh. Yeah. Um, and again, if they if they finish seventh, that's kind of what I thought would be a decent result for them at the start of the season. Um, so in that respect, I don't think they can have too many complaints. But you're right; they they did occupy sort of that sixth position for a while, um, and they were in and around there for for a long part of the season. St. Johnson have been really the opposite; they were right down at the bottom of the league in October, and they've just they've crept up steadily from from the new year. Onwards. Oh, listen!
0: They were still in. They were still in the relegation battle at the yeah. turn of the year. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean,
2: it's it, again. It's probably the first the first time since the season's been up and running properly that Saints have been in the top six, and it's it's right at the death. Um, whereas United have been there for much longer. So, in that sense, that th- there may well be a bit of frustration there. But at the same time, I mean, I I, I think. I I think even United fans are probably prone to overstating their problems. And I think they have done at various points this season and yeah no wins in it's not a good run and there. there were there were concerns about the way the team was playing and, and you can actually still have those concerns because it's clearly had an impact on 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 I mean Lauren Shanklin's the obvious one this season um with the way they've they've, they've had to play or Mickey Mellon's felt they've had to play. But in general, I, I, if I were a Dundee United fan, I'd I'd like to think I'd be able to look at it and go well. Do you know what? I'll take that if you'd offered me at the start of the season seventh comfortably, I would I would have taken it. But hey, maybe that's just my natural St. Johnstone supporting lack of ambition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim, I think we did. I mean, again, I think we all kind of agreed at the start of the season. Uh, Ian Roach included, who who's, who covers United more than more than most of us at the Courier. And I think he agreed that we would, you know, that St Johnston probably would be not, you know, above Dundee United, but mm-hmm. probably not too far. It's kind of fallen how with, you know, the only way it would have been better would have been if, if Saints had been fifth and United had been sixth. That, that you know, it's Livingston's kind of ups, upset that, you know, that scenario, which is one you, I could have imagined. I thought United would have a good chance of it because, you know, the, the team coming up from the Championship very often gets a, has the surprise factor gets the bounce mm-hmm. and all the rest of it? You know, United if if missing out in the top six, do you think they should have regrets, or are you like Sean and thinking uh, they've they found they found a a good level and probably their sort of rightful level on on the season as a whole, or as as a whole as as it's been played so far up to the split?
1: Well, I mean, I I thought I actually thought at one stage they had a decent chance of top six, and I think their ambition should have been for um, you know, to push for a top six place, which I'm sure they were kind of doing. You know, I mean, there's there's argument among United fans that, that under Mickey Mellon they're not great to watch, they're not particularly attractive to watch, and you know, all the rest of it. but, you know, the, the truth is, you know, no matter how long uh, Mellon is there, whether he's, you know, there for years or whether he's away at the end of the season or, or, or whatever, I think he's done a decent job. I mean, you know, they're sitting there on 39 points, a full 12 points ahead of Hamilton. There's only five games left. So, you know, they, they win one and, and you know, they, they're safe from relegation. Um, they, you know, they are four, uh, 11 points ahead of second bottom Kilmarnock. So, again, you know, another one or so and they're pretty secure from a playoff place. So, so they're secure. Um and whether it's, you know, um, seventh or, or, or eighth place in, in, in the bottom half of the table, <coughs> along with St Martin, they're, they're secure in the premiership. And I think that was probably the ambition to make sure that you don't come up and immediately go back down again, because that then, <coughs> you know, that, that then represents not just failure, it rep- represents catastrophe. Financially, I think you know. I mean, the club are already kind of hemorrhaging money, you know, and 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 yeah, I mean, we still haven't seen the, the kind of the, how, what shape the finances are in at so The books will be out shortly. The accounts, no doubt. So realistically, um, I, I don't think the United fans can have much to complain about in terms of you know the fact that they've stayed quite handsomely in the Premiership. They can argue the toss uh, and, and fans will do this about the quality of football or otherwise. Well, did what did you
0: make of it Saturday, Jim? You were there Saturday. I, I, well,
1: know, know. Well, there was a couple of things I made of it. I mean, on the positive side, I thought Dundee United <coughs> dominated the game um, i thought they defended uh, absolutely uh, brilliantly i thought when when they were under pressure uh, they they defended really really well really solidly really defended um as as a unit uh, i have to say it's as poor an aberdeen side as i've seen in a long long time but you can only beat what you're up against uh, 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 and and they did that you know so it's a lovely goal wasn't it it was a lovely goal from spoil there were i think some really good performances all round um you know I mean I, I, I one or two folk took me a task for my column on Saturday where I suggested that you know Shanklin might might need to think about a more attack-minded side if he wants to um, uh, resuscitate his you know having dropped out having been cut from the uh, the, the the Scotland squad you might he might Want to think about you know where, where, where he kind of you know where he goes from here, and of course it would depend whether there's a bid or not. But I thought there were some impressive performances. I thought the back four, you know, Smith and Robson in the full back positions, Edwards and Reynolds. Uh, in, 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 in the middle, I thought, played really really uh, sorry, in the middle of defence, played really well um, <clears throat> and I thought the midfield w- was decent as well, can never quite make my mind up about Fuchs, I think there's a f- there's a football player in there, looks a wee bit heavy to me at times but I don't know whether it's just the the body shape of the fella, he's certainly got ability you know, so I mean, I think there's much to be pleased about, um, not a huge amount uh, going forward for McNulty or Shanklin to, to get on to, I mean one of my criticisms at the weekend is he kind of seems to be dropping back as a as a, a, almost a surrogate midfielder. In fact, I thought which McNulley's, one? Shanklin. Uh, Shankland, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mc, Mc, McNulty's words the other day. I, I thought, but in the in the Courier. What, what, well, you're leading on to his, let's let's, ah, let's, right, quote okay, him well. let's
0: let's quote him directly so that so that folk folk know what we're talking about. In case I mean, shame on them if they haven't read the piece in the Courier already. But anyway, so this was this was his direct quote, and I think he's been listening to our podcast, Jim. We're probably not a team that creates lots of chances every game, which can be frustrating for us strikers discuss
1: yeah um I, well I think
0: he he, did, he didn't say discuss no no <laughs> I'll say no to you. yeah I I
1: I think it's uh, it's capable of being read um any way you like the cynics among the cynics among uh, folk will read it as a blade right between the ribs of Mickey Mellon you know <laughs> um others will simply say he's simply stating a fact if you're a striker you want to be playing up front you want as much service as possible and by and large united don't tend to play that way there's a caution about them there is a um, you know, a preserve what we have mentality, defend, uh, hold the midfield, uh, uh, and break and play on the attack when we can, and, and I think that doesn't that doesn't suit Mcnulty. It doesn't shoot, it suit Shankland. I mean, but you know, um, it not suit Nicky Clark either. You know, I mean, he he came on, he came on late on in, in, in the game. You know, so. They're not a particularly attack-minded side. And I think when McNulty... I mean, there, there were a couple of occasions... I thought I saw McNulty exchanging... Not, you know, not barbs, but I thought there was a wee exchange of views at one stage on on Saturday between him uh, and the manager. Now, that's not unusual in football, but I suspect that he feels pretty frustrated Um and my suspicion will be that Shanklin feels frustrated as well. So when a player actually comes out and and, and you know and drops that kind of pretty broad hint, I think you can tell that you know that, that, that not all as well. But then that's not unusual. In football, whether you you know whether you play for an amateur side at Dundee Riverside or Perth uh, Perth's Inch, uh, you know that's the nature of football. You know players want players are selfish; they want things their own way. Strikers want right. loads of the ball; I mean, they want the ball and they want shots. I was know? going
0: to say, Sean, that's after a win, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he scored he scored two and twenty four McNulty. Mm-hmm. Now, if if you're a a lone striker coming in, then here's here's an intriguing one for you. Does this will this put off other strikers if if united are looking for a lone striker from down south or you know somebody looking to get themselves back in the in the in the Scotland squad you know get themselves back high profile again would you be wary of going to united if you're a, if you're a goal getting striker and think <laughs> is this the team for is this the team for me <laughs> um, thanks for
2: that yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes uh, probably look the th- the thing is right Jim you've you've sort of mentioned about your column and how you got some criticism for that. Um to me it kind of it, it stacks up logically though. I mean why why would he not be frustrated mm. and why would Mark McNulty not be frustrated? But they don't
0: they don't usually say it. They don't usually say it. That's probably No, the I know difference. well
2: this is what I'm leading on to. So so the, the, the issue isn't about how they feel, I think we can, we can assume that they're frustrated because if if they weren't, There'd be something wrong. there would be questions to ask about what their what their attitude was like. So of course they're frustrated. The, the question then is like, how damaging is it for them to be coming out with it if they are? Now, I think that Shanklin's not, not really one for doing that publicly and credit to him. He's always, he's always mm-hmm. said the right things. He's always said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm prepared to do whatever job the manager wants me to. It's all about the team Da, 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 da. And that's understandable. He's contracted mm-hmm. to Dundee United. No, he's
0: off in a few weeks. Mar-man, no he's not in
2: that position. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a, he's in as a loan player, uh, and he knows he's a, he's a way out the door. And I think he probably suspects he's not coming back. <laughs> so <laughs> so, he, so he obviously feels a wee bit more free to kind of. Well, he's
0: got to do a PR job for himself, isn't he? Well, aye,
2: yeah, ah, exactly. He, but, I mean, else he, hasn't, he hasn't come out like you say. You can you can read it. Uh, as a knife between the ribs, Jim. I think you said, but it, it's he hasn't directly come out and criticised mm. anyone. He's just he's 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 hinted that you know there's frustration there for him, and I can understand that. I mean, if you if you if you are a lone player who's making a move to try and boost his profile a bit and, and get himself playing, get himself scoring, sort his next contract out, he was talking about the Scotland squad. Not long yeah. after he arrived at Dundee United, and that, that's—I'm sure—that would have been part of the pitch to Mark McNally. Legitimately, wouldn't Lauren, it? Yeah. He's, in the, hes in the Scotland squad. You could, this could be you as well, and he would have been entitled to think, "Brilliant! This could be the right, right one for me at the moment." He's come up here, and obviously, he's—he's he's found that with the—well, the, certainly, what he's pointing out is, or oh, the way that they play doesn't suit me. I'm not getting many chances, and there might be more to it than that. He might not be playing particularly mm-hmm. well within the system. Um, but he's he's certainly decided that that's going to be that's the reason that he's going to make public. I'm frustrated about the lack of chances. Doesn't suit our strikers. Um, so I can't imagine Mickey Mill would be too pleased with it. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much you could argue against it.
0: No, listen, I mean, I've we've we've this. We're going over all ground here again, Jim, but. It, it's the, it's always the team before the individual, isn't it? And you just have to look at you know Mickey Millen seeing how he wants his team to play because he will think this is the best way for us to get the, yeah. the points we need to get. And they've won again on Saturday. Mm. They're in a they're in a position that we all agree is is more than decent seventh in. Uh, so sorry, fighting for seventh in the league. It's yeah, yeah that's that's the proof, isn't it? You know, Mickey Millen isn't there to to keep Mark McNulty happy is he. He's, he's there to to keep United well, in the league and uh, get them as high as he it's can. It's a
1: constant tension as, as a manager, Eric. I mean, as a manager, you you know, as a manager, you're there to um, you know keep the entire team happy, but ultimately to progress the team. Uh, uh, whereas as an individual, I mean, that's what I was trying to kind of say in the cour- the Courier comment at the weekend. Uh, you know, as an individual, you're there also to obviously be part of the team, but football's a selfish game, and players usually are looking for their next move or looking at the strikers to score goals or defend to play well and block goals um, so it's, it's that constant tension and I mean as, as I say there you know some people will, some fans will read this as as, as a blade between uh, uh, Mickey Mellon's ribs others will you know other maybe more fine, more, more Kind of fair-minded people will say, "Well, no, Shug, I mean, shrug their shoulders and think yeah, so." Sure, well, yeah, that's right. You say, "Well, that, that's part and parcel of football." You know, the guys frustrated, but as he would be as a striker. But you know, he, he's not kind of particularly putting the boot in. So it depends. You know, we know that from politics in Scotland. People are febrile. People make their mind up, and, and and logic logic doesn't necessarily dictate what they think. They think what they think. You know, so you have to take McNulty's words uh, in terms of you know your own mentality and what you think yourself. So some people will think he's putting the boot into his manager other people will say that, that, that's fair enough and then other people will question a, a much wider element and say well mellon has got to look after the entirety of the team McNulty's got to play for the team but look after himself is he playing as well as he should do is he not playing as well as he might have because um, his own forum? Or, or whatever, or is it because of the ways being played in the team? And, and there's probably an element of, of, of all of these things. But uh, you know, it, it's unusual for a player, uh, particularly a squad player who's on contract, to say these things. It's, it's less unusual mm-hmm. for a player who's on loan and who will be departing in you know in about five or six weeks' time uh, to, to say these things. So, I, I you know, my suspicion would be that McNulty's got his point out mm-hmm. without being pointed about it. But he's got his point out nevertheless. And the point would appear to be he's pretty unhappy because he he is also looking for his next move. It looks as though, you know, that may be away from his current club, which is at Reading, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, it may be away. I mean, I always think unless you're an 18 or 19-year-old, unless you've had a really bad injury or something like that, If you're out on loan, you're out on loan for a reason. And you're out on loan basically because the manager at your your own club doesn't fancy you anymore. And they they can't shift you. And they can't shift you, you know. So they send you somewhere else, they pick up the bulk of your wages, um, the the club you're at, and and I'm told that at United they're picking up a substantial chunk of his wages because he will be earning big money um, in English football at the level he's been playing at. So... You know, it's an intriguing one, but I think you know depends. You know, you, you read into it what you want, but my reading of it would be that certainly you've got a player who's not overly happy at, at the way he's being asked to play, the lack of service he's getting, and, and uh, I, I doubt, I doubt, I doubt he's, I doubt he's a player who's liable to to stay at Tannadice beyond his loan period. There we go.
0: Well, Dundee, Sean, I, th- I thought they were very good on Friday night. I thought it was, it was a, it was, it was the uh, proverbial banana skin, wasn't it? I think we were all. Wondering what would happen if they if they lost at, uh, mm-hmm. at Aloe on Friday night, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about you know sort of managerial wise and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a team that you know played to the played to their manager's instructions and and played very well. I thought yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe this is the start of that run. <laughs> yes. that I've been talking about for weeks. Yeah, yeah. this could be them. Um, I very good it was it was uh, a much needed one and uh, the manner of it will be very pleasing for James McPick and his players uh, because aye we were all speaking last week about in, in terms of it being oh a yeah. Friday night oh, away for home we've, we've seen we've seen we've seen teams slip up here before and we have on many occasions um, but Dundee went about it the right way professionally more than got the job done were impressive while doing it. Um, so this is the roller coaster of Dundee again, isn't it? They're, they're, you're you're up, then you're down. You're up and you're down. They are
0: literally. Oh, it's it's weekend, It's win loss, win loss, win loss at the uh-huh. moment, isn't it? So yeah,
2: Right. yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so again, we, we we we're at this <laughs> we're at this station again, where you say now they've got to build on that and keep yeah. it going.
0: If if you listen to this podcast fortnightly, you'll <laughs> You wonder what's the
1: problem, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: aye, it's it's it, it's the roller coaster. That's the only way I can sum it up. It's just that that the the consistency has has been mind bogglingly absent uh, all season. But then again, it's been it's been like that for many other teams in that league. But again, as we've addressed before, the point with Dundee is that you would think they would have enough about them in that squad to not suffer from that. Up and down mm-hmm. kind of season yeah, they really have done. They, sh-
0: they shouldn't. They basically shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't have been doing what array Wraith No, exactly. A Dunfermline yeah. and Inverness. They should have been a cut above. It should have been. Yeah, this should have been one a league of one, mm-hmm. then one, yeah. then a pack of Aye. four or five. You know, but that it would, hasn't. It hasn't turned that out that way. But yeah. anyway, listen, it, it may yet. It may yet pan out that way now. If if Dundee do what you've been uh, predicting for. Months, Sean. If it happens, get your money on it now. <laughs> the, uh to Talk to me about Max Anderson, Jim. I've not. I've. I keep saying this. I've not seen Dundee in the flesh. show I've watched bits on the mm. TV. Watched the game on Friday night. I thought he, he was very impressive. Yeah. Seems to be a. Seems to give that Dundee midfield something that they've not really had. You can see why why McPake was so keen to keep Ross Callaghan. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the energy that he would have given them? And he's given Hamilton, so he would have been he would have been very good for Dundee in the championship this season. Max Anderson up and down. And I think there's a stat from my colleague George George Cran saying that James McPake was saying that he covered thirteen K. Mm-hmm. And I could yeah. be totally misquoting George here in the in the Alloa That's game. I astonishing. think Dundee statisticians have seen that, which is astonishing, but it shows you even before you talk about what he's like with a ball at his feet, Jim. You can every midfield can do with some that sort of energy and in it. I don't care what level you're at. I
1: think the key, the key thing is um, he, he's a young player. Uh, and I think, you know, if he's covering 13 kilometres, uh, you know, in a game, uh, which is pretty much, give or take, for my running days, eight miles, um, then he's, he's covering a lot of yardage. He's covering a lot of ground. Um, and he's putting himself about. And on the occasions, I've not seen a huge amount of him, but on the occasions I've seen him, he's got that energy, he's got that tempo, he's got that power um that liveliness, I think. And, and and one of the things that that, that Dundee I think have lacked um, and certainly, you know, they've added it in recent times with the likes of McMullen coming in uh, to play in the wider positions, but Young you know, Anderson coming in and also chipping in with goals, which is crucial as well, I think.
0: I was going to say the midfielder. lack of
1: midfielder that goes beyond yeah. the striker. Yeah. Uh, that's what you need. You need, I mean, I, I, I'm never keen on that kind of phrase, that box-to-box midfielder. I mean, you kind of tend to think to yourself, that's what most midfielders should be, anywho. But he's got that energy, that tempo, that drive, that kind of general life and liveliness uh, about him and getting himself, you know, timing the runs getting into positions where he can add uh, you know uh, you know a goal or two uh, which he's been doing and i think that's that's important that Adds an extra dimension to uh, Dundee, and and I'm a great believer. If you are, I know that young players will tire and mentally and physically, you know, as the season goes on, sometimes they can drain. But I'm a great believer that if you're, you know, you, you're kind of good enough, you're old enough, and it's it's terrific to see them uh, moving forward because there's a lot of good stuff been going on at Dens, uh, uh, you know, at youth development level. But often fans are not particularly interested in that. In that. They want only to see the first team. So it's great to see when they make the when they make the leap now. The thing is, you know, he's making the leap and he's now becoming, by the looks of it, an integral part Mm -hmm. of a side that, with that win on Friday, maintain a a really, really good chance with seven games to go of landing second spot, which I think is important. You know, hearts are going to win the league. We've known that pretty much from the start. But I think the second spot Leaves you with less games to play, you know, in the playoff. Far better than that than ending up third or fourth. I mean, fourth will still give them playoff, but you know, far better to to land up there. So with young Anderson coming through uh, with that energy, the drive, the tempo, everything that he's bringing to the game, that gen- uh, he's got a general mobility which I think has been lacking, uh, and 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 you know, and popping up with, with occasional goals. I think Dundee have have, have landed a winner um, there and, and a, a really acute time because. This, this is again another phrase I dislike. is the business end of the season, but given that we must, it's getting close to the business end of the season. You know, with the seventy to go for them. Hope you're you know, not
0: reading our paper this morning, Jim. I think you probably ticked both. You've ticked both.
1: <laughs> <some phrases laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I know the PARs have got one in hand over them. You know, but I mean, it's it's you know, it's th- th- suddenly Dundee um, are in a much better position uh, th- than than they were. You know, and I think that that win and it was a good win and a couple of cracking headed goals uh, from Ashcroft. I think. That you know, I, I think it propels them that wee bit further away from Inverness, who are now three points adrift and haven't played a game more uh, similar to like Queen of the South. So I think now a, a playoff place is Dundee's to throw away, um, and I think the second place spot is theirs to theirs to grab. <clears throat> and Young Anderson, I think, is showing that he, he is a crucial component in the side that should be able to do that.
0: Sean, it's not a, it's probably an unfair compare and contrast to make stylistically because they're different types of players, you know. Finlay Robertson certainly isn't a box to box player. He's more a sort of Glen Kamara type, isn't he? He's he's, you know, do it simple, keep the ball moving, you know, lovely mm-hmm. first touch, etc. etc. But as f- terms of their age, one's eighteen, one's nineteen, in terms of their route into the first team, both Academy kids, all the rest of it, I think it is a it's a it's a legitimate compare and contrast. And you look at the impact Max Anderson's making this season. And I, I know that Finn Robertson, hes he's got a training ground injury just picked up there. But yeah. before that, he's had two league starts all season and he was the one getting all the hype, wasn't he? You know, we weren't talking about Max Anderson in the summer. We were talking about mm-hmm. Finley Robertson. He was, sweep- well, he was sweeping up all the awards, wasn't he? For, for mm-hmm. Dundee fans. So, I think it is a fair compare and contrast as to the directions of their career. Now, Obviously, Finn Robertson has a huge amount of time to to you know to to get oh, the trajectory going me. in the right me. way again. But I go back to I think I've gone back to this uh, uh, a couple of times over over the last few months. You're talking about columnists getting sticker. I can remember Rab Douglas getting stick on uh, his comments early about Finn Robertson and that Dundee should have loaned him out and that if he because he he Rab was seeing already that the you know he was trying. We well, I think it was when Charlie Adam was signed. But just looking at the number of midfielders that they had, and, and where's he going to get his game time, and his career's going to stagnate. I think Raz has been proved right, has he not, Sean? That, that um, this it, has been a, it, a bit of a wasted season for for Finn Robertson. It's it, it certainly could be. It looks a wee bit
2: like that, yeah, yeah. Because um, he has, as you say, struggled for game time all season, and, and now then he's got the injury, which has finished his season at this point. Um, so aye, a shame. Is how I would sum it up, and I mean, I, coming at it from more more a perspective of the value of of loans in general mm-hmm. rather than anything that that Finn himself has done or hasn't done. I think you, going out on loan for a player at, at, at that age, all right, he's had first team experience with Dundee already, and, and James McPate might might be looking at him thinking, "No, you're you're ready here. I want you." But if he's not playing, I I I I just I don't see how it couldn't benefit
0: them. I know. I, I think they've missed. They've missed. They made a mistake. I mean, Jim. i throw Ali McCann went away to Stranraer, played half a season, mm-hmm. came back, and then he was that. The rest is history. Jason Kerr. Jason I mean, Kerr, he yeah. played a ridiculous amount of games at East Fife, then Queen of the South. Came back midway through a season, straight in at the straight in at the first team, and has never been shifted since. Yeah. Uh, Liam Gordon uh-huh. pl- went to two or three different clubs on loan. Probably didn't play quite as much as Jason Kerr, but you know the the list Stevie May, you know the list is endless of the one the way that all all the ones Chris Kane, all the all the young homegrown players that Saints have brought through have made their mark by getting loan games under their belt.
1: I I think that a loan spell (coughs) tells you I think all you need to know um, about the mentality of a young player or any player but arguably particularly a young player because it's mainly the kind of you know where young players how do you
0: take it yeah
1: yeah, you I, either excel or, or, or you drift away into you know some young players go on loan and think what am I doing here I'm far too good for this I, I should be playing in the mm-hmm. first team where I, where I am some players uh, take it their manager says right okay out you go harden up get experience at a slightly lower level slightly lower tempo and it'll improve you dramatically because you're playing with kind of older guys senior pros and and all the rest of it. So I think that when you go out on loan, and even your reaction to being asked or told that you're going out on loan tells you all you need to know uh, about young players. If you go to the right kind of club, I think uh, by and large it, it, it's a good move, and and you can you can see that with, with certain players who have really developed when they've gone out on a loan spell, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be for the season. Sometimes it's you know out and, and back in, the, in the, the January window. For some players, you tend to you tend to kind of know instinctively that it's actually the end of their career at the club that they're, that they're at, you know. Um, Uh, But ultimately, it all comes down to the mentality of the player involved. For some players, it is the end of their career at the club that they're at, usually full-time, and they drift downwards. Some players absolutely re-establish themselves and, and and end up leaving the club they're at, and then going on to have a fine career in the game. But I think it's all down as most things are in football to the mentality of the individual concerned. Yeah, it's a it's a legitimate development pathway
2: yeah. as well. It's it, it can be. It's not just like right. Well, if he's gone out on loan, it's it's easy to just to look at that player or or to think, oh well, that must be that. You know, he must not be good yeah, enough sort well, of thing. But if, with certain players, it is a legitimate development yeah. pathway you can look at them and think right I've got plans for mm-hmm. this boy but I just want him to go and have this wee taste here and of those players who, who do go out on loan and come back to their clubs and establish themselves in the first team how many have you heard say oh, I wish I'd never gone out That's on right. loan yeah. none of them That's say right. that they, they all say it was incredibly valuable and they're glad they did it because it was a, a it showed them what, what football
0: really was all about Jim, Jim I looked at the numbers the numbers I mean they were stockpiling central midfielders. I mean, St. Johnson had far less central mm-hmm. midfielders than Dundee, but still Callum Davidson was willing to let, loan out Cammie Ballantyne, who to Montrose, we'll who hopefully mm-hmm. woke, who is getting very, very well-spoken about for how he's played there. So... You know, Sean Burns not getting a start for for Dundee, so they've got too many midfielders. That it, it just, I just think it was it was total logic to I mean, he should have gone. I know that Rab wasn't wasn't uh, saying it directly, but he should have gone to Arbroath. Mm-hmm. They should have got him to Arbroath at the the start of the start of the championship season.
1: I think the key thing is, Eric, when you when you go out alone, I mean, as opposed to playing for the, you know, the under-21s, the youth team or whatever, I mean, you're going out and all of a sudden, you know, your, your name's may be popping up on the afternoon television or radio results programme because you've scored a goal at a, a decent level of football, at a decent level of first-team football. Now, far better than that, surely. Than you know than playing to well you know than playing to an empty stadium when we you know when when we're out the covid thing and you've actually got punters back I mean far better that playing for a first team somewhere and gaining all that invaluable experience uh, than, than you know kicking about playing to a deserted stadium for the the youth or the under twenty one side which hasn't even been happening this season though Jim no, that's you know, right because it's you know so uh,
0: you know you had to, to to get games into these guys he would have had to have gone to another championship club. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, who knows, maybe maybe they had a loan lined up for him, you know, for the last couple of months of the season. Yeah. But
1: any- I'll tell you one thing I will say, Eric, I mean, is that, you know, we we started, you know, we're talking about young Finlay, but we're talking about Max Anderson and his development. I, I see that, um, I, I'm a great fan of having a wee kick at Wikipedia occasionally, and I see that um, Max is widely regarded as one of the best players of all time by football legends such <laughs> as Pele and Lionel Messi. <laughs> So I'm suspecting I'm suspect that one of Marx's fans is going to... really
0: should have been... T- can we, can be we flip this
1: round and have that as the top of our podcast,
0: please? There we go. And neither of you have told me about this. <laughs> Raised him already in the podcast. Shame on you. Shame on you. There we go. Ah, oh, well, Dundee do There's no point worrying about Dundee's finances and the, and the like. He's going he's to go for a fortune in the summer. Listen, he could, he could go for good money in the summer. But anyway, we're not going to speak about that. Listen, Jim, it wouldn't be right to... Uh, to wrap up the podcast without speaking about Peter Lorimer, one of Dundee's oh. one of Dundee's finest. Come on, I mean it's an incredible when you look at the uh, how how has how's he gone from the level he was at Dundee to the levelly he when he ended up achieving with Leeds and and, and Scott. I mean it tells a story of of the strength of. Scottish football back, back in his time, but it's an incredible career story he had, isn't it? Oh, give, us a, give us a bit of background yeah, on his, on his sort of Dundee roots.
1: Well, I mean, he, he was he a was probably fairy boy and, he, and, you know, he, he started, you know, he he went from, he went to Leeds United, um, depending who you believe. Some people say 15, some people say 16. At, at Peter's age, it's entirely possible it was actually 15. Um, he followed a route that a great many Scots took down to Erland Road and he went from junior football. I mean, my, my, my own uncle George, uh, you know, which junior when side when did he play for? He played for Dundee Stobs as well one of the great old mm-hmm. names in, in, in junior football in Dundee Stob as well. Um, he, he played for the Stobie, as, as, as they were known before he went away down. I mean, uh, my, uncle, my uncle, who'd been at Leeds, but, you know, I, I, a couple of years either side, his national service, ended up at Halifax. Wasn't a particularly successful at Leeds, but he knew Peter. Peter ran the commercial bar, as I recall, in, um, uh, in Leeds. But, I mean, you know, he, he went from Dundee Stob as well, um, juniors as a 15, kind of 16-year-old, mm-hmm. um, down to Leeds, and, and he ended up, Having seven hundred and five appearances for them And two spells, Eric. He played over. He played two spells that spanned twenty three years, which is remarkable now. But two hundred and thirty eight goals he scored. Now, I mean, you know, he he is remembered. I think mainly for his absolute cannonball yeah. shot when you were a boy growing up. I mean, he had a shot which was just phenomenal. I mean, I think at one time, you know, measured as the hardest shot in world football at one time, he had a phenomenal shot. But he was also a terrific football player. I mean, he, he was a very silky player. He had a bit of pace about him. He was a great passer of the ball. Very, very, a very tough player. And I don't mean that, in a, in a, you know, Leeds were quite an aggressive side, but, you know, a physically very robust player. What, what um,
0: position would you slip him into and in sort of he, current formations?
1: You know, formations? I, 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 I often wonder about this you know I suppose he was an old kind of I mean, like an old inside right or something like that, inside right throat kind of wide player I mean he wouldn't fit kind of easily into the modern game you know but he just had so much so much talent I mean you know to to, to make your debut in English footballer I mean I think he was just shy of 15 you just shy of 16 um, you know just before he was 16 you know um so that is a quite phenomenal thing to do, you know, he made his debut against Southampton actually, and he was, he hadn't even turned 16 at the time, so I I did a few dinners up here with Peter, and, and quite often when I was presenting the morning, early morning sports bulletins on, uh, on BBC Radio Scotland, Peter, if there was a big story down south, particularly with Leeds, who were still a, a major force, um, he would come on the end of a phone, you know, and he, he would join you, and he was always delighted to get the call from from someone in Dundee, because we were very, very proud Dundonian, you know, so it was really, really... Um, Really, really sad. One of the saddest things about him—he was not his hot shot south of the border, mm-hmm. you know—but he—he—he um, he, he came very close. Uh, you know, he was part of that that, that Don Revy team, which regularly put five and six Scots out uh, in the first team. But um, he, he was in. The, it was the European Cup final. He thought he'd, he'd scored the goal. The goal was disallowed. And yeah. Leeds lost that game to Bayern Munich. Otherwise, oh, yeah. um, you know, Leeds probably would have been up there. They were up there with, with the great British size, but they'd been up there in, in the Pantheon. Of European uh, greats but he really was he was just he, he was a wonderful fella he really was I did a great dinner with him up here many years ago with some of the kind of the great old stagers from Scottish football him the, the legendary John Charles who'd been at Leeds uh, Bobby Collins who'd also been at Leeds ex like Celtic and Morton you know guys like mm-hmm. that uh, and he was just he, he was a terrific man as well a very very humble man um, a lovely fella to me I mean my, my Twitter account this week has been full of people saying, Oh, I was down in Leeds one day, popped in, spent an afternoon chatting to him in the uh, you know, in, in the commercial bar that he owned. He was great. He just wanted to talk about Scotland and all the rest of that. And very, very much um, loved that Dunning Leeds his adopted home. I mean, you know, he's, I mean, he was 74 and he died, and he'd been doing in Leeds since just before, you know, 15, 16 yeah. years of age. Yeah. So effectively. Well, he certainly you know, didn't
0: have a Dundee accent uh, uh, anymore. That's he didn't so. have a Dundee accent, <laughs>
1: that's right. But a, wonder, a wonderful, wonderful football player. And a terrific man. And I was really, really saddened. Every now and again, there's someone goes in the game, and oh, they've had a Leeds Leads suffered. You know, more. I mean, it's just oh,
0: one after the other, isn't it? Well, Leeds, desperate, absolutely. Desperate, a great stuff. guy, but a great guy. I know. He, just to finish off, Sean Ian Ian Roach did a a really good piece for us of just to basically along the lines that he, uh, Jim was talking about about the sort of how proud Dundee is of their mm-hmm. of their footballing sons, and it was quite the list of mm, uh, yeah. of, of names that a lot of the younger People who are football fans who just won't know or Dundonians or won't even mm-hmm. know of their achievements down south in FA Cup finals the like. I mean, you've got to put... Ian put Dave Neri at, at the top, mm-hmm. but you'd get plenty who would say it should be Lorimer as well, wouldn't yeah. you? Certainly in terms yeah. of actual achievements, you know, Dave Neri for for, for, mm-hmm. for all, he was an absolutely magnificent footballer. You know, Peter Lorimer could put bigger and shinier medals on the on the, mm-hmm. on the table given what he did down south but he's in the argument, isn't he? He's to be the greatest Dundonian footballer of all time, isn't he? I suppose
2: he is, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at the the squad that uh, Ian's put together <laughs> just now, actually, right in front of me. Um,
0: didn't find it, a place for Morris Ross,
1: did he? No, no he didn't. Moe be raging.
2: Moe can be the, the manager, <laughs>
1: eh? Yeah, yeah, actually, I must, I must take this up with Roacher. He missed one out. You know, He, he, he put in Ewan Fenton, who who Ewan Fenton had played for Lockheed Hart, who was part of the great... um <coughs> It was the Blackpool-Bolton final. I they called it the Matthews final. It was yeah, actually yeah, four yeah. four Scots played in that final. Three for Blackpool. George Farnham the external family manager, was in the goal. Um, and there was a... A Jackie Moody, who was a Dundee boy as well, he'd... Um He'd gone south, I think, from junior football too. You know, there was actually there was four Scots in us. Poor Ian. very poor. Uh, if you're listening, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm raging. I'm raging. <laughs> is there anybody else he forgot?
0: Or Morris Ross well, is the only one. Roacher doesn't he's forget no, many. No Morris
1: Ross at all. But he's, he's he was
2: no, the one that jumped out. Uh, a, that?
0: Christian, no, no Christian Dale. Christian what? gets a mention, but he doesn't get oh, in the team. He does. thought, Yeah, that's. that's He'll be on the
2: phone shortly. He will be. And no and no Stephen Glass.
0: Yeah, and who was the what's his name that there was at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you know the one I mean, the way he left, outside left, he started at Celtic, what's his name again?
1: Oh, Ross, uh, was it? Yes. Wallace. Was, Ross oh, Wallace. Ross Wallace, yes. Wallace,
0: yeah. Oh. So he's he's another one that kind of sprung to mind for me, but you wouldn't get him in the team, but yeah. It was, it's funny when you would do these things, we did the the top 100, remember Jim, when we voted on the top 100 yep. sportsmen and women of all time for, for Courier Country and some of the the fifers that came out, you know, the the, know? The, great, the ones at Aston Villa you know, Alan incredible. Evans and uh, who was his centre-back? You know, the, there was two in that team from Fife, wasn't there? It was, yeah, these these guys that you forget that started in our part of the world. But yeah, Dundee, I've had a lot mm. of them. And Peter Peter Lorimer right at the top. That was that was was a sad bit of news this week. Well, guys, thanks again. And we will be back next week when uh, the Premiership will be up and running again. And, and Dundee will be deep into that run that Sean's been predicting. So the wins <laughs> will keep on coming. <laughs> thanks for listening again. Thank you.
1: Local Matters.